Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hello, nerds, and welcome to the Engadget Podcast. I am your host, Terrence O'Brien. Joining me this week, uh, reviews editor, Sherlyn Lowe. Good morning. No, not good morning, but hi. Just hi? No good morning? All right, fine. Screw you then. Always. (laughs) Joining us again, uh, executive editor, Christopher Trout. Hello, Clarice. Not just, what? Can't you say something different? No one here is named Clarice. I know it's a reference. Y'all are all Clarice to me. Yeah, that's... Very sad. Are you, like did you not know that? That that's just so, we don't have names. You're we are, Clarice. I can we're live We're all with worker them. bees named Clarice. I actually have you guys in my uh, like my you know corporate spreadsheet as Clarice one, Clarice two, Clarice three. <laughs> that other Clarice, that bitch Clarice. I, I, I want to be that, that bitch, bitch Clarice. Clarice. <laughs> not I'm not letting <laughs> that one out. <laughs> no, I was oh. hoping it was Sherlyn. I always. I mean, we all know it's me. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually Michael Gorman, editor in chief of Engadget. So. He is kind of a. Uh, it's a shame we don't have him too. I don't I know. Feel if like that's you guys, a shame. I feel like you guys usually come in pairs. That's it's true, true, and I'm spreading my wings. Like you are a fucking butterfly. Today, so. You're independent now. Mm-hmm. You don't need him. That's no. right. You're just strong, like independent Beyonce. woman. Yeah. And because you're on the show, this of course means that this is going to be a very not safe for work episode. Right. This is age restricted, y'all. <laughs> You already dropped an F bomb. It's it's true. Great. When you said you literally wings. just did it. <laughs> you don't even know when you do it. It's just like it happens subconsciously. Mm-hmm. It's your thing. I mean, yeah, I probably say fuck in my sleep. You know. Yeah. Well, now that that floodgate's been open, how the fuck are you doing? Fuck you. <laughs> awesome. Wow. Wow, y'all. Uh, it's good. So I can feel He's the got love it all. here. He's got it all out. Just, it's it's a very warm, loving family here at Engadget, in case you guys can't tell. <laughs> I, no. I don't know what I got myself into. Yeah. <laughs> you got yourself into Another some podcast. fun. I know, yeah, great. No, and me taking you down. I was just going to say, Sherlyn, no. your task for the day is to crush this man I, and knock him off the top of the Flame Wars leaderboard. Am I still at the top? You are at the top. I kind of want you to still be at the top, though, because, like, it'd be, you know, it'd be nice to... Right, the reigning champion. Well, who is... Mona. Mona's, like, second place, right? But she's only been on the podcast once. Yeah. yeah. She's, like, so if you get taken down, it's only going to be, like, her, because she's never going to come on again or something. Yeah, well, she might... That's unfair. She <laughs> might make an effort to come on just okay. to make sure she's not at the top That's of the list true. anymore. Is this how leaderboards work? I don't even know, because that seems wrong to me. Is I there mean, a point at which you drop off the people that are no longer attending? I should, and I think post-CES, when we reset the leaderboards, we'll come up with something a little bit more... Uh, Rep- yeah, a little, a little bit more representative of actual okay. participation. For the first time out, we just went with like a straight winning percentage, like you're playing a sport, because um, I couldn't find like a really reasonable way to do this by doling out you're points and stuff. Math, I yeah, no, there's a reason I'm a writer and not an engineer. Um, it's because I can't do math for you anything. You think it's weird that like all of us, you know, we're, we're writing for a publication that definitely delves into things like science and engineering and math. STEM. Okay, but I yeah. am disciplines. still. I I used to code, so I, I don't know about y'all, but I at least get that stuff. Okay, well, I would say that like ninety percent of our staff, <laughs> not to throw everybody under a bus or anything, but like don't know how to add two and two together. Yeah, no, I'm horrible at math. I can't code. You can't write. Yeah, I mean, I can barely Aww. write. I can barely string English sentences together uh, for those who haven't figured that out yet. Anyway, are we going to play a game or what? Yeah, uh, <laughs> let's. Yeah, that. But do you also want to tell people what you decided was going to be the the loser's punishment. Oh, so we, we were having some conversation about that. They, that might not be exactly what okay. happens. Uh, okay. So we'll, we're going to hold off for revealing that well, just how, yet. How come I don't get to know? 
We still don't know what's going to happen to the winner and the loser. That's basically yeah. it. Oh, the ultimate winner yeah. and of, loser. Of so as, oh, okay. as we've said before, at CES, we're going to do something uh, on the on the podcast where the winner will have will do something to the I loser think the to winner, I think the winner gets way. a bottle of champagne and gets to spit said champagne Ew. on the loser. <laughs> I <laughs> mean, that's pretty good. A little bit it's probably going to be me and Michael when yeah. it comes down to it. It's, it's a little bit of an inside joke, but I enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Okay. Um, for those who don't know, what year was that? Was that 2012, 2013? I think it was 2011, maybe. Oh, was it that long ago? Uh, there is there is a lovely video of Christopher Trout and the rest of us on stage at CES, and Trout choking on champagne as he's drinking it straight from the bottle and <laughs> spitting it all over the place. All over the uh, editor-in-chief at the time, oh, Tim Stevens. Yes. That's amazing. And I think I ruined his laptop. I think that like he may have had to replace his laptop. Oh, dang, that sucks. Yeah. Sorry, anyway, <laughs> either that either that is not true or it is, and it really doesn't matter. Hopefully, an amazing he'll, role model. Yeah, hopefully this he'll fake news comment yeah, fake in news. the. <laughs> he'll leave something in the comments to let us know whether or not that actually happened. You think he's you think he's listening? No, but I will tell him to. Okay, <laughs> just send him a message. <laughs> like, hey, we need you to answer a question. Um, so let's get to it. Let's yes. go to Flame Wars. Uh, for those of you who don't know, this is where we debate the biggest stories of the week. Uh, you guys get 20 seconds to make your opening arguments, and then I'll allow time for a brief rebuttal. If you go overtime, I will give you one of these. And at the end of it, I will declare a winner. You get a point. I and feel like that button is so far away from me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> for it's okay. a very it. good reason. <laughs> um, so let's start with Pebble. Mm-hmm. Uh, who was bought by Fitbit um, yesterday or the day before? We're well, recording this on a Thursday. Yeah, it was officially announced like this week, basically. Yeah. Um, and so one of the things being talked about is that this might be the end for the Pebble brand. All of the Pebble Aww. products might be phased uh, out it's, it's as part of this might. deal. It's, it seems pretty definite at this point, yeah. Well, they can sell the hardware right. assets to another company. So. Oh, that's true. Yes. They bought over the software. Yep. So, okay, that's true. So, But let's go with the big question, which is, you know, does it even matter? Is it time for the Pebble brand to die? Uh Chris Trout, we are going to start with you. Yes. <laughs> I would argue that not only should the Pebble brand die, but all smartwatches should die because they're useless piles of junk. Nobody bought them in the first place, and they're ugly as sin. I think you broke poor Sherlyn's heart. <laughs> <laughs> are you wearing one right now? Or are you wearing a Pebble? So, like a hybrid Watch. See, you're not even wearing a legit smartwatch. <laughs> I, I don't but go on, one. try to defend yeah. yourself. Right, here's your, your, your time starts now. Pebble was the smartwatch industry pioneer. They had they brought a lot of the first ideas of what a smartwatch should be into the market, and they should still continue to innovate because they've done so in the past. However, that doesn't look like it's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I like that your defense is it should happen, but it's not. It's just and just getting really sad. <laughs> So, I mean, specifically... I mean, I also stayed on topic, by the way, and I didn't go ahead and bash the entire industry. Well, I mean, I'd argue that that's still on topic. I mean... Oh, absolutely. Like, they're useless piles of junk, and why should any of them be produced? They are not. They're so convenient. They put notifications on your wrist when you travel. I know you don't live in in New York, where we all, you know, use the subway all the time. Was that a shade, girl? No, it's a lot of shade. (laughs) Damn. Well, I live on the West Coast. Like, I live in a city. And riding the subway all the time? What? Notifications are you getting in the subway? (laughs) Oh, like, you know, now we have Wi-Fi in the subway stations, right? Shut up. Yeah, and it's... So we still, like, get text messages from friends who are like, where are you? Oh, hey, meet me here instead of there. Yeah, but it's only only at the stations. What? What's it with you? (laughs) What's it with people saying I have no friends? I have millions of friends. No, that was a question. Millions? You have friends? I have millions of friends. Millions. Accusation. Facebook and Twitter. (laughs) Seriously, millions? No, just thousands, but Okay. I also you, like lived in two countries. Anyway, yeah. I mean, I think the I think I won that one. No, what? <laughs> well, well, one question for you before I declare a winner, which is: Do you think that the, there's no value to the Pebble brand at all at this point? No, I don't. And I think that, like, honestly, we have. It was a big deal once, mm-hmm. right? And given people still say that the, the watches are good or whatever for what they are. But it doesn't hold any sort of brand cachet, right? Like, people don't care about the Pebble brand. Everybody cares about the Apple Watch. And that's about the only one that people care about. 
So I was going to say, back to the Pebble brand issue, they have a lot of fans. They were like the fastest record-breaking, like, but or, do or they have fun Kickstarter. meeting Kickstarter yeah. thing. But do they have fans outside of Silicon Valley? I, well, I would argue that the smartwatch period really doesn't. Yeah, I mean, I, well, I, I see them. That, yeah. I've seen <clears throat> two Pebble watches in my life in the wild. And, and they I were on worked, people that worked for Pebble? <laughs> one of them was. One of them was on the wrist of a person who worked for Pebble. The other one was not. The other one was on a stranger walking into a post office. My but thing that's though, it. is that even though watch, smartwatches aren't mainstream, and that's, you know, if, what, if that's what we're arguing, I agree, that the Apple Watch had the biggest shot of making it mainstream, and it didn't, which is a fail for the category overall. The thing is, though, Pebble still has brand cash because people still have heard of it. Like, people, regardless of whether they're in Silicon Valley or whatever, when you talk about smartwatches, it's one of the biggest brands you talk about. You don't talk. You Let's talk. call my mom. Yeah, I was quick. gonna say I'm who's well, wearing who's I'm currently like wearing an Apple Watch. Maybe because and I live in of. New York, and the yeah. people I like know are generally more in the know. Are you calling my mom dumb? I'm not. I said in the know, not smart. So <laughs> I'm gonna give this one to Trout. I hate you. What Fuck I'm, you. Yeah. <laughs> but what Once I'm gonna again. suggest is oh, what the fuck? we are. We should do a random telephone survey to find out how many people have heard of Pebble. We should just get like an auto dialer and start Maybe, asking okay, people you know in the what? Midwest. Maybe I just hang out with too many young, cool, hip folks. That's that's, that's the problem. You're just too I, young, cool, and hip. The for idea us. that Pebble is somehow young, hip, I didn't and cool. Say, is... I didn't say Pebble is. I said the people <laughs> I know are, and they in turn know of Pebble. Okay. Anyway, all right. I'm just in a bubble. That's what it is. Yeah. And you lost. Moving on. <sighs> it's not. It's not all over yet, though. You still have two more time. I'm chances. not gonna. This was my b- best. Ki- anyway. I don't think it is. Am I, I still, if, if I lose the next two, am I still the, in the, the champion? Um, I'd have to do the math on that. Well, that's going to take too long, so let's get back so. to no, it. No, I think if you lose the next two, you are Mona is new, the new leader. I hate it. Although, <laughs> although I think you have a good shot of winning one of the other two. Yeah, right, me too. not in it right All now. All right, so for our <laughs> next topic, uh, we're going to talk about Pandora. They announced their uh, sort of long-awaited Spotify competitor. It is called Pandora Premium, because why not? I guess you don't need to get super creative with names. Um, and it's a brand that's recognized, so I mean, why fuck with something that works, right? Again, we're just completely not even bothering. With <laughs> <laughs> um, we don't have too many details uh, about what it's going to look like, what it's going to cost. The only thing we kind of know is that it's going to be basically a clone of Spotify Premium, right? Um, Pandora's is it going to be a clone? See, I don't think we know enough. We don't know enough, but we know that it looks like radio or RDO, and it looks like it's basically going yeah, to do the same thing as Spotify. It's taking the brand beyond simply starting a playlist based on a single song or an album. It's supposed Will to be... Will they also be removing the vowels from their name? Uh, they might be. It might become Pinder. Pinder. <laughs> Pinder. Pinder. Hey, it's like Tinder for pants. <laughs> what does that look like? What? It's like left for anyway. What? <laughs> a Pandora for pants. That sounds like a TechCrunch uh, disrupt pitch, right? It there. really does. Uh, you should go upstairs and pitch that when we're done to here. Them, yeah. mm-hmm. okay. See if we can get some coverage. Actually, that sounds like a really good prank. idea. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I will do it. They so we should put there. together a fake company and go present to disrupt. Yeah. We just oh my god, just can we do that? Yeah. I mean, they're definitely not listening to this, right? They are. Maybe oh, no, able to get away with it. They're, okay. Maybe they're hate listening. To yeah. It. yeah, they're like we're so jealous right now. Maybe <laughs> maybe Brian Heater is listening. Or oh, Anthony Ha. We'll force both of them to listen yeah. to it. It's okay. Well, we don't want them to listen because then the prank oh. won't work. Uh, we'll do it before it airs. All right, okay. moving on. All right. So uh, the question here is uh, posed to you first, Sherlyn. Is it is this too little, too late for Pandora to really uh, maintain relevance? Yes, because. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Go on. I paused your timer. Don't worry. <laughs> I will reset your timer. Nobody said I was going to play fair, Sherlyn. I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> okay, come no, on. Come I've on. lost my train of thought. I just don't even know. Yes, okay, your okay. answer is okay, yes. And then. Yes. Yes, Can you it's ask too me late. the question again? <laughs> is, it, is it too little, too late for Pandora to maintain relevance? Yes, because... <laughs> The radio, the music streaming industry is already very saturated. You've got Spotify Premium, you've got Beats Radio that does a whole other thing. It does an entitled music, right? And it does Who? like higher quality audio streams with very exclusive music <laughs> and content to it. Pandora's offering none of these different things. Also, we don't know how much it's going to cost yet, so unless it's really cheap. 
it's not going to stand out. <laughs> we can we can strike that last uh, phrase from the record. Yeah, right? why? I, I think I you think we should, me. should instruct. The <laughs> so you got to start over. <laughs> instruct the jury to disregard that last oh, bit. Uh, <laughs> your rebuttal. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and say that. Uh, no, it is not too late, mostly because my friend is the CTO of Pandora. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'd like him to keep his job. Hmm. So, anyway, he was, he's been working really hard as well. <laughs> what? 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 What is that? What kind so, of book? So your argument is not necessarily that you think it's too little too late, more just that you hope it's too little too late. No, that it's, no, that not. it's not. Terrence, I'm friends Terrence. with the dude. Yes, uh, drink some uh, coffee. Who's yeah. probably who's probably responsible for that thing? Anyway, he he is a very smart person, and yeah. I would I would expect him and his team to be able <laughs> to create something that you will all enjoy. Your okay. argument is you have faith. I think it you know it has a better chance than like Slacker Radio or okay, whatever. Well, yeah. Is that still a thing? Well, sort of, yeah. And Slacker also, still a thing? I think I think so. I don't, you know what? Other than Spotify and maybe even Apple Music, I don't pay attention. See, she doesn't even know, and that's why I should get the point. What? <laughs> no. You don't even know Pebble. <laughs> I'm what? aware of Pebble. So I'm aware of Slacker Radio. Mm-hmm. I just don't know if they still so what, But what niche is left to be filled in the streaming music? So I mean, you, have, you have really affordable streaming music plans that are still for grabs. I mean, Amazon just did that with Amazon uh, Music. They made it like half the price of all the other competing um, services out there. But you can only listen to it on Alexa devices. or, or, or And you have to have a Prime subscription, exactly. right? So, so, so it's th- not really any like, more affordable. Like you're already a year plus $5 a month. So there's still that space to be filled. There's the filled. There is a $5 a month like kind of a space, maybe some ads. I don't know. How you know what I think? Out. I think that if you went specific, so Tidal is basically the hip hop sort of mm-hmm. streaming service, right? Because they get all the exclusives from like Rihanna and Jay-Z yeah, and Kanye, Kanye and all yeah. that stuff. I think that, and I hate to say it, there is a gaping hole where Ooh. country music sits it's true. For streaming music, and people love that garbage. They do. Like, they eat that shit up in the middle of America, and I think that that's where it's at. Yeah, and I actually think that's a pretty good point. I mean, it's routinely the most listened to but, uh, genre of music in the right. country, but because and now it's, all of these companies are focused in New York and California, it doesn't cater to that audience because they're worried about the people who are around them. So do you think so Pandora? This is, yes, Pandora, actually, I have the inside track. Pandora is actually launching the CMT <laughs> of streaming music. You heard it here first. Woo! Uh, that is so not true. I know. You're oh. just going to tell the CTO to make it true, though. You're like, hey, hey, I promised everyone I, that you're going to do I got it. an idea. You can have it. It's for free, just or to prove 10%. me right. <laughs> you know what? If Pandora, If Pandora somehow did something for free that wasn't, terribly packed full of awful commercials, I think but, maybe they could do well. Okay, but it's called Pandora Premium for a reason. And they are going to charge people who just don't have know to pay how much. It. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So so they can't do that. And then they can't like if they just already named it Pandora Premium, it means that it's not going to be like Pandora Country Premium. Like the name itself already doesn't suggest that it's going to be anything. Well super does the name is there something is it, yeah title doesn't say hip hop. Yeah, but it's like, not. It doesn't title. say Kanye West's title. Kind of like no, it's it's Soundwaves, Sherlin. Any of it could have been called title. It's, it's a cool name. Um, but anyway, <laughs> but but the thing is that you that part of your cool? that part of your argument was very hypothetical, and I don't think we should be awarding <laughs> points based on hypothetical arguments. We shouldn't be like making like coming up with ideas for people to win our points. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I see. I see what's going on here. <laughs> um, I am going to give that one to Sherlyn. I do think you make some good points, though. To be fair, I think the the country music thing is uh, that's important. a good idea. There's I just agree. there is no indication though that that's what is going to happen. Sure. Right? And if one of you motherfuckers <laughs> cashes in on that shit, I want some money. Yeah. The ones who are listening here and not right. I'm not parents. talking to y'all like that. That yeah. would be an HR violation. Yeah. <laughs> that's, Although, yeah, we probably violate yeah. a lot of HR rules on the anyway. show. <laughs> Moving on. We're going Yay. to later, I'm now sure, too. Now we're tied. Okay. All right, so last one. We're talking about something neither you and I know a lot about. Well, you Oh, don't. no, I know a decent amount about God what the old stuff, which yeah. is what we're going to talk about. Okay. So we're going to talk video games, and you both said that you're not super up on video games. That doesn't matter, because what we're really talking about is video game nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Over the past week alone, uh, we've seen all of these announcements of, like, re-releases and remasters 
of like old games and being brought to other uh, formats. There's going to be an Altered Beast and Streets of Rage, uh, either TV show or movie. Um, there's going to be they're bringing back Excite Bike 64 from Nintendo. Wind Jammers is coming to PlayStation 4. For those of you who don't know, that was like a Neo Geo um, Frisbee game. It's It was a super fun game, but like it's super niche. It's What's Neo Geo? Okay. So. <laughs> I, it's okay. I don't even know you. No? You guys don't know Neo Geo? Unless it's a Pokemon. Is ne- that a platform? Yes. So Neo Geo was a uh, big video game company, mostly in the 90s. Um, it became SNK, wh- or SNK was the one that did most of the games for it. Oh, SNK. You know. Um, sure, okay. yeah. I know. But it SNK. was a video game cabinet. They were arcade machines, primarily. Uh, um, oh. And basically, they'd load it up with, like, four different games oh, from the no, same what? company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I know this logo. I know the logo. Yeah. And it was, like... They'd have, like, four games in a single cabinet, and then they also had a home console that cost, like, $800. So nobody bought it. Yeah, because it was literally just the arcade machine with a TV out port on it. Okay. um, Which is why the company collapsed. Okay. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, so Windjammers was this, like, multiplayer Frisbee game for the arcade. Um, Because don't go outside and play or anything. Yeah, I don't know. Um, And then, of course, you have the NES Classic, um, this micro console with a whole bunch of built-in classic Nintendo Mm -hmm. games that originally sold for $60, which I'd argue is already a little bit uh, overpriced. Um, you can get similar things with p- loaded full of Atari games for twenty bucks. You could just buy an old console like they're on eBay. Yeah, with games for sixty bucks, and they're not that expensive. Uh, this thing sold out so fast, and now basically the only way you can get it is to pay three hundred dollars on eBay. It's fucking sneakerheads. Yeah, it's the it's same shit. I like how you're like arguing my point now, and then you're gonna have to yeah. argue the other side of it. Um, I'm a great debater, as is proven by the leaderboard. <laughs> anyway, uh, so. Let's start with you, uh, Trout. Um, How am I arguing? (laughs) (laughs) You agree with whatever he's going to post. Okay. Yeah. Um, Is video game nostalgia officially out of control? Yes. And let me tell you why. It's because the it's it's fine for us to feel that way about the old stuff, right? But for it to come back, it has to be as good and as fun as it was. Truth be told, we've come leaps and bounds beyond what that stuff was and I don't think that anybody's going to care that much right you're going to play Mario once and throw it out sure Lynn your rebuttal I'm confused I thought I was arguing his point no you're arguing the other side and you're just so 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 I'm saying no it's not out of control right Yeah. yeah Because remakes are good. People remember the good times. We want to make games great again. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. Pokemon came back in a way that was stronger than ever. I should have buzzed you quicker. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you really could have buzzed her from the the get on that one. Um, God, it made me forget my question. Pokemon now. came I mean, back in a big way. So this Pokemon, year. Pokemon did come back in a big way this year, but it was it was not a remake. It was an entirely right. different not, game. And the thing is, remakes aren't the only form of nostalgia. This is bringing back something from the past, but embracing new technology. But what it. we're looking at here, though, isn't that right? So what's happening here is people are just regurgitating the old things, right? They're just bringing back the old. But things. But there is are right? ways to bring back the old things, and you know, like Pokemon Go did by like adding new technology yeah. making it more relevant. Well, so here here's 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 the question to just to clarify it a little bit and I guess narrow the the argument which is not not is nostalgia good or bad, but has the sort of like retro craze gotten so out of control that they're just not even putting any thought into it anymore that they're literally just like spitting out garbage. Uh, for the sake of cashing in on your nostalgia. I don't know that they're spitting out garbage. They're just Yeah. They're just spitting out the old shit. It's like we're just seeing the old shit again. Like specifically with the Nintendo whatever that thing's called, yeah. classic or whatever. That thing is just allowing you to play the games that you had when you were a child, right? Well and those games are so dated at this point and we are so far beyond it that like to me it's time to move forward. Like just Update the game, make it a different version of the game, whatever, but like just giving me Duck Hunt is not going to hold my attention. I think that, I mean, I don't think that's entirely what they're doing. I almost feel like they're at least updating a little bit for like with 
better performance. At well, the, the NES ones, least. they're not. They're pretty much just spitting out the classic games, which is fine. I mean, if they hold up, they hold up. There's no reason to change something that's not broken, right? I just, I mean, have you have you guys tried to play, like, Super Mario Brothers 2 recently? Like, I love that game for what it is, and I think it's really funny and, like, weird. But try to play it. Try to play it sober, more importantly, because <laughs> we can all get fucking high and, and play anything for hours, right? But, like, it is, it just does not hold up. It's like watching 227 in the year 2016. You know what I'm saying? I don't. What the hell are you talking What's about? What's 227? It, uh, it was a Jack Hay vehicle. Probably, this is probably going over everybody's anyway. head. Yeah, mm. no idea. <laughs> Sorry. Old, but I think one of the things we can learn from this kind of crappy nostalgia, however it's regurgitated, is we can learn how crappy things are and learn how to improve them and then learn, like, see for ourselves exactly what, how far we've come, kind of. How right? did we not learn the first time? I guess we <laughs> could, I guess we could ask that question about uh, presidential politics, Co- too. Well, <laughs> I mean, context helps, right? Putting it in the modern era is just like, oh, yeah, things are kind of bad. We've come a long way. We need to appreciate what we have, but still continue to innovate. Like, there's something to be learned. Not that people are necessarily going to. They're just going to spend their money anyway. I think there are better things to be nostalgic about. I agree. Other I'm, than video games? I, oh, yeah. I don't oh, yeah. know what, what we're else? arguing anymore, clothing. to be honest. <laughs> I mean, clothing always comes back. Like, it just, mm-hmm. fashion trends are... I don't know if that's worth being nostalgic about. You see? I'm yeah. just going to throw that out what, there. What, clothing? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Movies? Movies, I Music. can see. I, th- I think done thing, right, it's worth but being nostalgic. Like, argument. I don't need five Transformers films, and those play on your nostalgia, for sure. No, I'm talking about, like... The classic like black and whites, like yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, like I can sit and sit around and watch like uh, Kubrick and Kurosawa films all day and be happy. Right. Like if they remade it, you would watch Breakfast no. at Tiffany's. Fuck no. But uh-uh. you mean you would bring no, it? No, just right. remaster it. Yeah. Give it to me. Um, so yeah, well, I don't even know what we're arguing. Anyway, about we were arguing whether or not <laughs> nostalgia out is out of control, and I clearly won that one. Let's be real. Um. <laughs> I'm going to flip a coin because I Fuck literally right have off. no idea. Do it. Seriously. Just do it. Do it. She, her argument was a fucking Trump slogan <laughs> for video games. Repur- it was a remastered. <laughs> he makes games. a good point. Hey, <laughs> you can't just let your hatred of a person. No, I, I, I mean, if I'm honest. Sway your opinion. I'm, it's not sentence. swaying my opinion. Again, this is, uh, as we said before, an intellectual exercise and not necessarily representative of our opinions. Mm-hmm. Um, you did not realize what side you were arguing and therefore <laughs> did not necessarily make the best I case. Did, I didn't realize what side. I just thought it was the other yeah. side. Uh, so Trout gets the win. I'm sorry. Dang, y'all. You took, okay. you took okay. one of three. Mona you didn't get shut happy. out. Yeah, Mona will be happy to still be number two. Yeah, Gorman got shut oh, out. Am I still number one? Yeah. Fuck yes! <laughs> probably. <laughs> it's, it's probably going to be you and Gorman on stage. Yeah. Oh my God. Why? Because <laughs> we want to watch that spit thing happen again. Yeah. Nostalgia. Um. See? I win! Come on! <laughs> no, the point's already been given, Sherlin. Move on. All right, let's move on to open source where we kind of talk about one of the big stories uh, that we did for the week um, and yeah. what it means that. And this I can exciting. see Trout already getting super excited about this. Um, why don't you just tell us about this story? I'm just not even going to introduce it. You just go right ahead. Okay, so I, a couple of, not a couple of years ago, like a year ago, uh, read an article by someone working for a uh, small independent uh, publication in Wisconsin about a sex cam site that was using an old haptic uh, game controller as a uh, sex toy, right? As a teledildonic sex toy, meaning that if you're using it in one place, the other person on the other side, <clears throat> another person on the other side of the world can feel what the inverse of what you're doing, right? Um, so one person would have this thing, this little robot thing, the Novent Falcon, hooked up with a dildo, and the other person would have it hooked up with a sex sleeve, and you would get this motion, but it could be, you know, somebody in Tokyo and another person in New York, right? For those listening and not watching, this motion was, like, some weird rocking back and forth, I think, vaguely. It's a stroke. That was, it was double stroke? Is that yeah, what it was? Yeah, okay. it was a stroke. Uh, so, anyway, I... I read this piece, I was like, what in the actual fuck, right? Like, what is going on here? 
And then I started doing a little bit of research. Like, I'd heard of the Novant Falcon before, and for those of you who don't know, it is this small, alien-like, almost, it's a cone-shaped thing with three arms and a little um, horseshoe-shaped base, right? And basically what it is is it was a project that came out of the National Laboratories of the United States uh, that was basically taking giant haptic oops sorry <laughs> giant haptic feedback devices and and really taking them down to a size that was appropriate for your desktop and also a price point that people could afford and it would allow you to feel games so you could feel a gun recoil you could feel a ball in your hand you could feel sand it was like this crazy fucking thing and everybody was like losing their minds over it in 2007 uh, when it debuted we wrote articles about it that were glowing, CNET did, PC World did, everybody was like, oh my god, it's gonna change everything, right? So the company fell apart. As happens. Um, the stock market crashed and they were going for funding right as that was happening. They had they had deals with EA and, and Best Buy set up and they were really gonna make this thing happen, right? It felt like it, they were just on the verge. Uh, and then it all fell apart. And they merged with another company. The guy that started it left. And, and then it just kind of went dark, right? Like, you didn't hear about the Novant Falcon for a while until people started trying to fuck this thing. And it's like... <laughs> Why not? Right? right. And, I mean, really, is, when is you look at it... there anything that people won't try to fuck? Nothing. No. And actually... <laughs> we'll get to that. Yes, we will get to that. But anyway, <laughs> so the guy, the guy who first strapped a dildo to this thing did it in 2007 when the thing was released, Right. Uh, and he posted he posted a video to YouTube, and from that time on, people have been trying to find a way to work this into multiple things: VR sex suits, um, social networks like adult social networks that would allow you to have sex with millions of people stranger. across the world, right? Uh, and then this campsite business. So people have tried and tried and tried, and for multiple multiple reasons, it has never taken off. The Falcon has yet to fly again. Um, but I went in the process of doing this thing was like how I saw this video on YouTube and I was like, how in the world would that actually penetrate a human being? Right. I mean, you would have to be so wide open and so lubricated that anything could just slide right in. Right. <laughs> Because this thing, like, it stabs wildly, <laughs> and it just, like, sort of flops around. And, and it's, what, only got four inches of movement? Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't go very far, yeah. right? So you'd also have to have your legs spread pretty far or, you know, be taking it from the back or whatever. Uh, so anyway, I was like, how in the world can you actually fuck yourself with this thing? And the funny thing is, is, like, you hear people talk about it over and over and over again. Like, oh, yeah, I fucked it. My girlfriend's fucked it. Got all these campsite girls that are getting ready to fuck them all over the world, right? Uh, I wanted to know if you could actually do it. And as opposed to doing it myself, right, actually trying to have it penetrate me, which is not not above me, really. I, it was just, or not below me. I probably would have done it, given the chance. It's just something you weren't particularly interested in, probably shouldn't be in a video on the site. Right, well, <laughs> right. Ultimately. So we needed, we needed video evidence of this thing working or not working. So anyway, we decided to go with a donut, because it's got a hole, and <laughs> it's malleable enough. And you can get cream-filled ones, and that was going to work great for TV. So yeah. anyway, we brought in the guy who had originally strapped a dildo to the, the Novant Falcon, and he demonstrated, he did a demo for us, a, a hands-on, basically. Hands -on. And uh, we strapped this pink, pink vibrator to the end of the Novant Falcon, and he uh, you know, set up some special software that would allow it to thrust back and forth. And I held on to the donut, and the results were terrifying. <laughs> I mean, it destroyed, absolutely <laughs> mutilated the donut. And when you think about what that could do to your body, it is disturbing yeah. on so many counts. Aren't you very glad that, that you, you didn't, try it, didn't try it yourself after the demonstration? You know what? Like, I'm a pretty resilient person. <laughs> <laughs> I actually... I prefer to try this stuff myself. So, like, you know, my column, Computer Love. Yeah. Check it out on the Engadget.com. It's great. Uh, basically, w I prefer to use the things because I feel like it is so hard to describe sex or to experience 
sex in a way if you haven't experienced yeah. it for yourself, right? Like, well, well, less what I'm asking is, are you know, are you glad you didn't try it just because um, I could have gotten hurt? Yeah, like in retrospect, after watching it, are you like, yeah, maybe it's best that we did like this demo with a donut first because that might have fucked me up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, to be real, like. A donut is much more sensitive than a body is. Yeah, yeah right? I was going to say. But I mean, it's still a terrifying visual. It really is. It really is. But the truth is, is the thing doesn't, I don't think it has enough force, yeah. which is something that mm-hmm. Kyle, our, our our demo guy, pointed out. He's, he said that, you know, like, the force behind this thing, while very strong and strong enough to, like, make you feel like you're inside of a game, is probably not strong enough to penetrate a contracted muscle. Yeah. And if you think about what happens when somebody has an orgasm, you know, the pelvic, the pelvic floor, like all of the things, right? That you, you seize up. That's my phone, sorry. <laughs> I thought it was fired. The ringer is off. Apple, somebody call Apple. They're watching. <laughs> Seriously, they're watching. They're That's watching all right. Uh, Sherlyn's had Siri go off on her a number of times on the podcast. <laughs> anyway, uh, what, what, what was my point? Where were we at? Uh, pelvic muscles. Yes. Oh, anyway, orgasm. what I'm saying is like when you have an orgasm, you, you do seize up a bit. And it, in order for this thing to continue to fuck you, it like I said, have. you've got to be really wide open. And I think I... I think I compared it to the proverbial hot dog in a hallway, right? Like that metaphor that yeah. we all know of. Like you really would have to be just so ready for it. And I don't doubt that some people have done it. Like I don't doubt that it's possible, but like given the software that we used, given the demonstration that we saw, like I would not trust it to my orifices. Yeah. Except for maybe my mouth, because you can control that a little bit more easily than... Although it might knock your teeth out. <laughs> right, and who wants to blow a dildo? Exactly. Yeah. Um, so the other question uh, there I had is, I watching the demo, um, the best way to attach the dildo is with duct tape? <laughs> so... I. That is... Okay, so for our purposes, yes, because we don't have special hardware the companies that are producing these or are using these things for their various reasons, for VR sex suit, for whatever, they have created special okay. attachments that actually hook on to the Falcon. And it works because the Falcon was made to be modular. So you had the the original controller that was this kind of knob thing that had multiple buttons on it that you could, you could use to control things within a game. Um, <clears throat> You can pop that off, and they also had a gun mm-hmm. attachment that you could use for first-person shooters and that sort of thing. So what people have done is they've created special attachments that work with the Falcon. The thing is, though, is that the Falcon's no longer in production. Yeah. And when we called this dude to, to do the demonstration, he was like, I had to tell you, dude, like, we're running on some old Windows software for this. Like, it's going to be very difficult to get this up and running because they haven't updated the drivers in God knows how long. So, basically, the technology just isn't there to make it happen. And, and frankly, unless someone has some kind of crazy implementation of this thing that I've never seen and nobody else ever has... Then uh, it's not going to be what you might want it to be. What it is, though, is super entertaining to watch yes. and really bizarre. And I love those stories. Like that is my favorite thing to write about. Yeah. Some of those videos that we saw the the, the B roll that you had were kind of wild. Like you, you don't only you can't like you can attach a dildo to the end of it, but it looks like people have also attached like what look like breast type things. Uh, oh, on so them. There was a, there was a then, sleeve uh, and. Um, fake breast that you could yeah. maul while <laughs> so, yeah. a sleeve. So there was a, there was a company out of Japan, a, a video game company out of Japan, and I don't remember the name of the company, but basically they created this demo with Tango, which is a sex sleeve, or Tango does a bunch of different stuff, right. but they're known for their sex sleeves, right? Uh, they created a demo that basically, it was a, an April Fool's joke that everybody on the internet thought was real because people are so <laughs> stupid. Um, and when it comes to sex, everybody just giggles and yeah. moves on and thinks, oh, my God, can you believe it's real? No, it's not real, y'all. <laughs> um, anyway, what they did is they created this uh, this VR sex suit that had everybody thinking, like, oh, my God, we're all going to be wearing these things in the future. It was a, it was a Samsung uh, Gear VR. Okay. Uh, a white spandex all-over body suit. Um, and then a Novant Falcon strapped to this dude holding a Tenga sex sleeve 
with uh, silicon breasts on top. So basically the idea being silicone? I, silicone. Yeah, silicone. silicone. That's the one that goes in your boobs. Uh, <laughs> so you could like, yeah, you could manipulate the breasts and it would jack you off while you're watching porn. Uh, this this very sexist. I mean, the falcon is what jacks you off the sleeve, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. the, the sleeve on the, on falcon. the falcon. Okay, you, you got to see it. Yeah. Like, I mean, I saw the top part. I, but I, anyway, the the point being that like that was a joke. Yeah, and it doesn't work that way, and probably wouldn't. And really, if you look at how kind of uh, haphazardly the thing moves around, it's like not only do you not want it penetrating you, you probably don't want to be penetrating something that is moving that way. Yeah, yeah, it, something can break. It looks kind of terrifying. But um, the guy looked like he was enjoying himself, like, really hard. Oh, well, it's I mean, funny, too. It I mean, I think you like can <laughs> understand why people would be fooled by it yeah. as well. Like, I mean, it's not super unbelievable. Like, it's not impossible. Well, no, and I think that what happened was the Falcon looks really, like, futuristic in a lot of ways, yeah. right? I mean, like, a, a future past. If you put right. a different skin on it, it could look like the future again because it's so bizarre looking, right? Yeah. It looks like a little kind of, like... Um, it's like an orb with... Yeah, like, like a, a little, an orb-like robot thing. Yeah. Yeah. It looks um, like a prop from a 90s sci-fi film or something. Yeah, and actually, I was told by the guy who started uh, Novent that they had been used for that, right? They've been used as props in Holly, big Hollywood movies. Yeah, I'm just sure like it has. Just to look like something else. Um, but anyway, I think that people see this thing, and it's like, how, is, how could that not be real? It's so advanced, you know? Yeah. And you spoke to the founder of Novin, but you didn't speak to anyone that... I mean, the company doesn't exist anymore altogether. Novin Falcon. Uh, so the Nov- Novin ended up merging with another company called Force Tech. Okay. And Force Tech seems to maybe still be around, and I tried to reach out to them by every means possible mm. and never got a response. But just nothing. Um, I did end up talking to... So Kyle, the guy that did the demo for us, who was the first one to strap a dildo to it, I talked to the people from Crystyle Studios, who are the people using it for a cam site that has mm. yet to launch oh. um, and was announced two years ago. So that says something. But um, I talked to him, and then, you know, I tried to get a hold of everybody that had used it and, at some point, and it just, it's hard to get people to talk about sex even when so they're sad. in the business of sex. Yeah. But I, I'm also curious because you're more familiar with the sex toy market right mm-hmm. there's a lot out there there's a lot of things that can do tele dildo dildonics yeah. yeah how does this compare like i know obviously it's like a kind of a wonky macgyvered kind of a contraption but do you think there's something out there right now that can do what it's purported to do not something freestanding like that not something that's going to do all of the work for you mm-hmm. right like i used in like one of my previous columns i used uh kiru's setup the onyx and pearl in order to have sex with myself, and that was a crazy kind of feeling, it is a much more, uh, that is a much more interesting kind of use of teledildonics because it uses uh, sensors within the thing, mm-hmm. pressure sensors, in order to to, how you're... to transfer what you're doing from that oh. toy to what they're doing in the other toy. What this is doing is it's just like, as somebody Back puts it forth. in, it comes out. As you know what I mean, like yeah. that's not as that's not as fun. Certainly, um, I don't know that we need a freestanding sex toy like that. Like I just I think that like it's okay to use your hand to masturbate. Like <laughs> that's what we're used Probably to. Best, you know yeah. what I mean? Um, I think that there are better implementations of teledildonics, absolutely, and ones that you don't have to have connected to very specific software inside of a Windows machine from <laughs> 1994, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah. It really is. I mean, it's, it's, it's an interesting story just, be, just in itself as a gaming device and how that fell how apart. It became, yeah. yeah. Right? Like, and, how, and how something s- seemingly so great can just not make it. Right, and then nothing makes it. Yeah, like we don't have a replacement for that haptic feedback device. I mean, partially, though, it's because of price, though, right? It was partially because of price. It was partially because of size. It's it was a two hundred and fifty dollar game controller. It was pretty large. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is, and th- and this is what Tom Anderson, the guy that started the company, told me is that. It was really hard to get game support because people had never experienced this before, right? And 
it was a chicken and egg sort of conundrum. If they couldn't get game support, then nobody was going to buy it. Nobody was going to buy it. And if nobody bought it, then they couldn't get game support. So like ultimately that wasn't working out. What he did was he started to license 3D touch rights from these companies, something that didn't exist before for very cheap, or at least that's what it sounded like. But he got these deals, these licensing deals that were going to allow him to integrate with these games very easily. And he had a big deal with EA set up, Electronic Arts. Uh, and he was going to get into all of the big games, mm-hmm. like Tiger Woods, whatever. I don't even know what's PGA a big game. Tour. Sure. sure. Um, but he, you know, he had FIFA. these deals and at the same time had struck a deal with Best Buy and was about to get into stores, was talking to console makers. Like, they were on the verge of really making something happen, and then they ran out of money. Like, they just ran out of money, and then they couldn't get more funding because the stock market had crashed. And so we just didn't get it. Yeah, and they just got bought. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. And then vanished Which as the weird, parent company like, went dark. Haptic feedback itself didn't go away. Like we, we no, have but just that do not that. sophisticated. Yeah, haptic we feedback, have like things right? that vibrate when you touch them, but you, you can't. get a rumble pack, is mm-hmm. what it's called, right? Yeah, you're not going to feel the recoil of a gun yeah. on your PS4 controller. It's just going to shake to let yeah. you know that you <laughs> did something. <laughs> I don't know why. Not very okay. sophisticated. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it uh, it died a rather un- unspectacular death, but then had this second life as a sex toy, which is like everybody's dream. Like you know, <laughs> I would love to toy? right. I would love to die and come back as your dildo. <laughs> Maybe not yours personally, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but like it's just kind of like what a great sort of resurgence, what a great yeah. renaissance yeah. for your... a really ridiculous. Well, thing. It, that that's that's part of this thing that. N- neither of us had heard about, apparently, that you discovered in the YouTube comments this morning. Oh, right. So (laughs) we published a video of this thing where we, you know, we did the demo of it having sex with a donut or two donuts, and it is, you've got to see it. It's on YouTube.com slash Engadget. Look it up. Um, But basically, somebody (laughs) in the comments wrote just Rule 34. And I was like, what? Do you know what that is, Sherlyn? No. Okay. I was like, is that a mistake? Did you mean to type that into like your corporate spreadsheet? <laughs> like, was that, you know, apparently not. I looked it up. It is a meme that says, uh, basically, if it exists, there is porn about it. Yeah. <laughs> right? And how true that is, I can't even say. If you extend it beyond there's porn about it to people would, people have tried to fuck it. Yeah. Like, I have seen that so many times <laughs> writing the column that I write and just being yep. the person that I am. It is like people will literally fuck anything. <laughs> yeah. If you can if you can stick it inside yourself or stick your dick in it, it is it has been fucked and probably fucked many times. Yep. Rode hard and put away wet. Kind I want to end that right there and move on because that is literally the best thing we could possibly hope to end that on. But uh, I mean, yeah, we're just going to a more dry topic now. Yeah, so. but that's fine. Right. From wet to dry. Yeah, exactly. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> so it's time to move on to group chat. Where we're going to dig in uh, a little bit deeper on one of the big stories of the week. Um, you're not excited about this, Sherlyn? <laughs> so one of the big stories that captured a lot of people's uh, attention and imagination this week was the announcement of Amazon Go, um, which is the company's strange new take on a convenience store. Basically, you walk in check in with your Amazon app by like swiping it on a turnstile, grab whatever you want off the shelves and, and walk, walk out. out the door without ever interacting with another human. What could possibly go wrong? Uh, so nothing. many, so many things. <laughs> like, have you ever, sorry, have you ever tried to check out at a self-checkout line? I, all the time. What's okay, wrong? I'm yeah, really bad at it, I guess. I you know. just don't, never mind. It doesn't really, <laughs> I I go to the store near me every uh, and every so often like and try to use the self-checkout and there's like eight kiosks for it and never do more than two of them work at a time. Right, and you've got to have that person hanging out, that one person hanging out trying to help everybody out. Yeah, and they just look like they hate life and just walk over and just like... (sighs) (sighs) (laughs) There you go. And walk away. That's literally how it works. Anyway, let's let's get to the point of the thing. I'm sorry Um, I interrupted. No, no, it's fine. Um... So, but one of the things that I thought uh, I thought was worth investigating, Sherlyn uh, wrote this really excellent piece that went up yesterday, is about what this means for low-skilled jobs in particular. Um, 
Particularly in retail. Yeah. Almost, yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's this a lot of talk about what automation and technology, how that impacts the jobs market. Do you want to kind of, like, talk us through a little bit of this? You mean, like, how it affected, like, the manufacturing industry yeah. in general? So, well, I think that's, that's the idea here yeah. is it hasn't necessarily hurt um, the retail industry as much yet. Yeah. But we can look to the manufacturing industry, perhaps. As an example. Yeah. Kind of a parallel. So, um, yeah, so when Amazon Go was announced, like, Terrence's first thought was, oh, my gosh, so, like, so many people are going to be out of their jobs because checkout assistants or attendants or whatever, they're all not going to be needed anymore. Um, and we looked at the data, and I, we started interviewing people first, and they were all like, nah, you're, you're overthinking this. This is not going to happen. Um, you know, they can repurpose the staff and hire them as stalkers or customer service attendants. Um, so we were like, oh, so there's no story here? And then we kind of looked at data, and um, someone from the Economic Policy Institute was like, well, no, we can't blame productivity, a.k.a. tech and automation, for getting rid of jobs. We need to look at trade because it's, you know, all these free trade agreements that are moving jobs overseas. And there's a lot of numbers out there, but I believe that the Bureau of Labor Statistics is the the preeminent source of information. Yeah. It's probably the best place it's, we had to go to for pure a, numbers. Exactly. It's a government bureau. They're, the way they perform the census is seems far more scientific. So, yeah. And I, they're I went, relatively transparent. Yeah. And they have all, like, exact numbers by, like, the year for you, every single year from now, to, like, to the 40s. So we looked at the data from 1970 to today in the manufacturing industry, kind of just as um, an example of how, autom like, that's the industry that was most impacted by automation, like mm -hmm. cars, assembly lines, they got wiped out because of robots, yep. right? So we noticed that numbers there um, sharply declined around the year 2000, as opposed to 1994 when NAFTA came into effect, and that's one of the biggest trade deals that was kind of labeled as the culprit yeah. for the jobs loss. And so this is a decrease. We're talking about pr productivity statistics. We we're talking about employment yeah. statistics. Oh, okay. So and right and just to add to that, um, I was doing a little bit more research this morning just to like make sure that there wasn't other stuff we were missing yeah. on the trade side. Um, and like no major trade. There's deals. no major trade deals that have been. Put into effect that were put into effect around the year two thousand yeah. uh, that would greatly impact the manufacturing sector, as right. far as I could tell. So, what was happening in the world of automation in two thousand? That's important, no? That is important. We tried to find out. Like, I asked the people again that I interviewed at the EPI, and no one really can put a finger on it, other than the fact that productivity saw a significant increase. Mm. So, we're looking at like basically, and productivity is kind of a, just a, like a intangible word to imagine. But what it means is that you're getting more output in terms of like profit or earnings or whatever, but the same number of people working. Yeah. And for that to happen, you have to think that processes have improved, machines must have helped something to, yeah. to kind of, you know, make it easier for you to make more without increasing your employees. Yeah. So, like, to be clear, when we're talking about productivity per worker, we're not talking about the American public suddenly decided they had a much better work ethic. Right. It's because now they have computers, they have the internet, they have... And I think that's one of the big things. It's not that the internet and computers and robots didn't exist. Before, yeah. But in the year 2000 and around that area is when that stuff really started to take right. off. When you started connecting the machines to the internet, it wasn't just like a dumb robot that was bolting something yeah. together like you had in the 70s and 80s. This is a much more intelligent machine. You have the emergence of... Yeah. Uh, much more complex programming. It was like Windows 97 and after, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. it, you know, it became a mainstream thing. So that was, me and Terrence were immediately like, like, yeah, that's pretty clear that it's tech. So um, I also went and looked at retail sales numbers. And the BLS, the Bureau of Labor Statistics, um, themselves had a report on um, jobs projection for the retail industry. And they were pretty optimistic about it. They were like, oh, there's going to be 7% growth of employment in retail. And we were like, oh, well, I was like, what? that's strange yeah. considering. I mean, obviously, they okay, so the forecast was for 2014 to 2024. So clearly they did this prediction before Amazon Go was announced. Mm. Um, but it was also kind of when uh, online shopping was kind of taking off. And the thing is, despite all of that, they were optimistic about growth. For them, they thought that um, it would spur companies to hire more employees in physical stores to kind of com compete with online stores. So, like, the idea is that on Amazon.com or eBay or whatever, wherever you're shopping online, you don't get the personal service that you would in a store. Mm -hmm. So companies, to kind of give a more personal experience, 
would hire more humans to work in physical locations. That sounds counterintuitive the, to me. They're not going to invest more in a dying industry or a dying service sector yes. almost. Right. And, and I mean, and here's the thing is I think it's, that makes a certain amount of sense. Yeah. Like, um, you know, yes, you can offer more service or, um, maybe you do, if you don't have any cashiers, it gives you room to hire a couple of extra stockers. Right. But are you going to completely compensate for those? Like, you might need 12 cashiers, but do you need 12 additional uh, stock boys? Like, yeah. no. Or you need is maybe the official two. name Stalker? Because that's a great title. Yeah, maybe I'm going to go back to retail. Stockist, maybe? Um, st- I think they've st- always, I've always just heard Stock Boy, but that feels like... Sexist? Yeah. yeah. Well, it is. But so. that's... <laughs> I mean, it's usually like a, ki- a kid in high school with his first job. That's like a paper boy. Yeah. I mean, retail jobs are also very seasonal, right? You probably yep. hire more around Black Friday or you have temporary workers during the holidays and stuff like that. So it's a, it, it just means that demand for these people might fall because, first of all, it's not a permanent job to begin with. You might hire more checkout assistants or stalkers again. Um, stalkers. Yeah, during the holiday season. Or stalkers. Um, <laughs> like I'm going to hire a I, stalker. I already have. I have a you few. Have. <laughs> Wait, you have a few stalkers, or you've hired a few? I have. Anyway, are they um, agents? Are they agents of yours, or are they? Some of them might be agents. Some of them maybe just both. organic. Maybe you're paying people to stalk maybe, you. Maybe I, I don't know. Let's. Whatever. I feel lonely, guys. <laughs> um, so, like, yeah. For example, when I go to, but again, like like Terrence is saying, I believe that a lot of checkout um, workers are already performing double duty. They only go open up. Double duty. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, uh, y'all. I, I saw your the face. The brain of a twelve-year-old. Move on. Um, <laughs> double D. Um, and <laughs> like, yeah, when you go to a store and there's not a lot of people lining up at the counter, you, you know, they probably go back and help, you know, put stuff back where it belongs. So it's it's not like like you're saying it's not like they're going to because of twelve yeah. people that were supposed to perform checkout duty were were you know, let go because of these non-checkout kiosks. Now they're not just going to put like, all of you. We're going to keep your jobs. You go help out in the fitting rooms or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's going to be like at least five of them are going to be gone. So I don't know why the BLS is so optimistic. Again, I think it's because yeah. it's older. Like it's an older report from 2014. I, I don't know. I'm I'm a little confused about that too. But also, but also that is hinging on this idea that we're talking about here. That, something like Amazon Go really taking off. Right. And I think that there are some inherent issues with what they've got going on. I For agree, sure. But. So to me, and I think Devendra brought this up in his announcement, mm-hmm. uh, or uh, post announcing this thing, uh, that you might be able to regulate, you know, with with um, shoplifting and all that stuff. They've, they've probably got controls in, in place for that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But how do you keep people who are not Amazon uh Prime members from coming in and taking your shit. Yeah. You know, like, and also, are they going to, like, chip you? Like, how are they going to, like, do you have to have a card on you? It looks like it's phone based. It looks like it's all NFC and app based. Right. So you, I'm, I mean, it looks like the ultimate, though, is for Amazon to implant a chip inside of you (laughs) and then you just become an agent for Amazon, which is why, which is why I will never use an Amazon service ever because they are coming for us, y'all. They're trying to turn us into fucking walking, talking Amazon zombies. Okay, I don't think it's just Amazon that's doing that, so... I'm not saying that they're the only ones. No. They're the only ones who control retail as strongly as they do. They sell absolutely everything. I don't refuse to use Amazon, but I do... I, I, I will say that this especially freaks me the fuck out. Like, um... What was it? Target was that the 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 story about the girl who like Target knew she was pregnant before she did based on her shopping I think habits it thing. Was like Target, yeah. Uh, Amazon is going to be able to do that if it already okay. can't. Like Amazon's going to know you have diabetes before your doctor does because okay. of your e- eating habits. Like, right? And what are they going to eat? How often? What are they going to do with that information though? They're going to try and Target, sell you yeah. uh, sugar free gum. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. They're not going to they're not going to tell you you need to go to the doctor. And they've no. also known this information for a long time. Like, I was in school when I learned that they were doing that. Do you so. think that they knew I was gay before I did? I think they, they did. They might they have. They were like, this guy buys a lot of... Well, I'm sure that Pornhub or whatever <laughs> did. 
Yeah. That was the first one. Yeah. <laughs> but I think there's also like security concerns, like what you're saying. Yeah. People can use RFID free, like protecting bags to like shop their groceries out of that store. It's possible. So another area they could increase employment could be in security, security or just monitoring, yeah. which would kind of be a little bit scary, kind of, if you have more security than ever in a grocery store. Um, and also customer service, for example, like, people telling you where to find stuff in such a chip and sensor heavy environment can also be easily replaced by a machine. But yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, totally. You can have like a Google you map a of Amazon or yeah. whatever, you of know the what store I'm you're in and being like, Oh, where do I find like bread? But, but also let's be real. Have, when was the last time that you went into a grocery store and were just like, where's the bread? Literally never. Right, because no, just... they have signs, right? Like, this is a thing. Well, it's then, like... and also I like walking along the aisles just yeah. to pick out like, this is This, to me, is less about how do we make it more convenient? How do we get rid of employees, whatever, and more about how do we collect more data from yeah. these people? And I think and I think that's that's sort of an important point, is that this isn't, Amazon trying to actively destroy jobs. And we are yeah, clearly considering the business we're in, not a bunch of Luddites arguing against technology and the advancement of the world. It's just that, that this is uh, an unfortunate byproduct of that. Um, and we are also not saying that trade deals don't have an impact. We're saying this is probably the thing more you should be more concerned, concerned about. about. Um, you know, I don't want to get too off topics, but there are um, economic benefits to trade deals if implemented properly mm -hmm. uh, for low-skilled, low-wage jobs. There are not economic benefits for low-skilled, low-wage workers from automation. Yeah. Like, there's not any immediate benefit to that. In fact, we even saw an increase in employment from 1994 to 1998 after NAFTA went into effect. So yeah. that kind of proves your point. Um, and I think you know, and I think part of the thing that really demonstrates this, and I might put this immediately in the post uh, for the podcast, just because I think it's very illuminating, is uh, this chart from the Heritage Foundation, which, you know, to be transparent, the Heritage Foundation is a conservative think tank. They have their uh, agenda. agenda that they're trying to promote. But if you look at um, the lines of measured productivity, the out, the raw output of the American worker, and employment, productivity climbs. Uh, pretty aggressively and is matched by output straight up until 2000. And that's where you have that like fall plateau, off. Yeah. Output plateaus, productivity continues to increase, and that's where employment drops. So again, it's not that we shipped necessarily all these jobs overseas. It's that you were still getting the same amount of output Ooh. out of fewer workers. Right. And at some point, the market couldn't absorb any more product. When like did the drop-off in employment happen, though? Was that 2000? around 2000? Yeah. Oh. So that's like around two, in 2000 is where you, you around 2000. It might be more like 2001, 2002. It's hard to tell on this chart. Was that the dot-com crash, though? I mean, there's, there, there's so many factors. I... I, feel I mean, that's again, qualified it's hard to, as, yeah. This as is an a, economic idiot. Yeah, this <laughs> is a very complex issue, uh, to be clear. We're not claiming to have answers. Um, yeah. We're yeah. just off, offering another piece of information. We're offering the tech side of this that goes yeah. into the jobs thing. And also, again, you said the um, Heritage Foundation or was a conservative think tank, but the data they cite comes from the BLS. Yeah. So they're, they're definitely interested in cherry picking or of presenting course. the stuff that makes their argument and the Heritage Foundation right. is very much in favor of free trade agreements. Um, so again, take that with a grain of salt, but I do think that this is a very illuminating uh, chart. But, but at some point you see it looks like the market can't absorb any more output and so they decrease employment because there's no value in continuing to produce more. Yeah. A little bit back to your point, though, about how we're not Luddites that don't like technology, though. This doesn't mean that we should shun tech altogether. It doesn't yeah. mean that we're saying robots are bad or automation is bad. It's saying that there are other things we need to do to improve the situation or well, to maintain we, jobs. Yeah, we need, to, we need to find solutions to this thing. And I think that everybody's been thinking about this for a very long time, right? Like what happens when the robots inevitably take our jobs, right? We gotta and find new jobs. What do we do? Do you create new jobs? Do you subsidize people's incomes? What do you do? Yeah. And I say we, we riot. <laughs> Fair. We riot in Silicon Valley and we destroy the giant companies that have all that money that they're keeping to themselves. You know what I'm saying? No. Eat the rich. <laughs> <laughs> Burn it to the ground. Oh, uh, I, I, 
<laughs> sure, yes. Let's burn them all. Let's Starting with turns. Actually, I like. I don't want to incite violence. Or yeah, no. Like let's that. not burn <laughs> anything to the ground, please. Um, <laughs> but I do think that like we are we're approaching a very interesting and potentially disruptive point in our history when it yeah. comes to this stuff. And if we don't think about this stuff, and if we don't come up with solutions, and if we don't regulate the way that it's being it's being set up, we are looking at some very even more extreme class divisions in our country oh, yeah. yep. and in the world, and that can be very dangerous. Yep. Um, I think that's as good a place to end it as any. Do you have any last thoughts, Sherlyn? No, just the fact that I had to look at so many statistics for the story kind of really ruined my weekend. <laughs> Thank you very much. I, I, I thought it was a very good story, so... Yeah, I read it. Really? It's a first for me. I've never read anything on Engadget. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I like looking at numbers sometimes, so thank yeah. you. Uh, <laughs> where can the fine people find you on the internet? Don't flame me, but at Sherlyn Lowe on Twitter. Uh, Trout, do you have any last thoughts you'd like to add? Uh, yeah. We should probably be fucking the robots that are taking our jobs, <laughs> because rule 34. Yes, yes, there you go. We will. Uh, you can find me at <laughs> Mr. That's Mr. Underscore Trout. Trout like the fish on all the things, including Grinder. On all of the things. Hit me up. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am at Terrence O'Brien on Twitter. Don't bother me anyplace else, please. Uh, lots of E's, no A's. Uh, I I want to continue this conversation though. Like, so please hit us up on Twitter. E or don't hit up Sherlyn. You can hit up me. I am willing to have a very long conversation about trade policy and employment statistics with you if you want. Nerd! And yep. you can hit me up, but please... Uh, only dick pics. Make only, it mostly about dildos. Right. <laughs> only about dildos and only expect Mariah Carey gifts. Yes. I love those. When are you going to see her, by the way? Tonight. Tonight. It's going to be excited? a magical Christmas wonderland, y'all. <laughs> excited for you. I know. I'm dying inside. Uh, so yeah, you can ask questions, give us feedbacks, uh, feedback, not feedbacks. <laughs> that's not a thing. Um, <laughs> you can ask Trout about how the Mariah Carey concert was. Um, so yeah, hit us up on Twitter, uh, email us to podcast at Engadget. If you have questions, topics you want us to address, all of that stuff, please do that. Uh, like I said last week, and like I said earlier, we want to continue the conversation after the show goes off the air. Uh, so thank you for joining us. Make sure to tune in next week. Uh, but before we go, I want to leave you with the comment of the week, which mm -hmm. comes from Felix Leiter says, uh, I will fight for the eternal darkness and give my firstborn for a sequel. Ooh, taken out of context. That's pretty heavy. Yeah, so that's yeah. why I liked it. <laughs> I right. considered cutting it off after eternal darkness. <laughs>